your hands all. of triumph he is God we are the sheep of his pasture and he's a mighty good God he's an amazing God he is still on the throne and he's moving mightily in these last days oh hallelujah there are things that are happening right now that we can't see there are things that are taking place in the spiritual realm that we are totally unaware of. God is moving right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm so blessed. You are so blessed to be alive in the day we're living in right now. There's never been another day like the day we're living in now. All through the Old Testament, all through the writings of the New Testament, they've never lived in an hour such as this. We are living on the last lap of the race, and God is moving in miraculous ways. Sometimes, sometimes we focus on the wrong thing, and the Goliath looks so big that we fail to see the God that's above him. Reminds me of a story. This man went to see the doctor. He was in so much pain. He said, doctor, I don't know what's wrong with me. The doctor said, what's happening? He said, doctor, I'm, I'm in pain all over. From the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, I feel nothing but pain. And the doctor said, well, that's, that's quite unusual. He said, I want to examine you. Stand up. He stood up. The doctor said, touch, touch your forehead. And he touched his forehead. Ow! He said, wow. Touch your nose. And he touched his nose. Ow! He said, touch your neck. Oh! Your kneecaps. Touch your kneecaps. Ah, oh, oh! Can you touch your feet? I'll try. And he touched his foot. Oh! And the doctor said, I know what the problem is. Your finger is out of joint. <laughs> the devil is a liar. The problem is not as big as you think it is. But we serve a God who is well able to do exceeding abundantly above what we can ask or think if we only believe. If we only believe. Let's give the Lord another great hand clap of praise. He is so wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. I greet you all in the wonderful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is, he was, and is to come. And I thank the Lord for the privilege to be here every September, it seems like, for the last nine years. We've been having Easter in September. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And every year, y'all, you get more and more creative, seems like. I saw a whole basket of colorful Easter eggs out there. I said, what else are they going to be doing? Praise the Lord. But I tell you, whatever it takes to get people in, that's what we're going to do. Thank you, Pastor and Sister Joe Strand, for your kindness and hospitality and invitation and seeing all you precious saints of God again. It's almost like a family reunion. Every time, such a joy to see your sweet faces and all these people that are coming in and new faces and visitors and guests. We want you to know you are special to us. And our objective is not to have you come to church to be entertained, but we want your soul to be saved. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. That's why we are here. Praise the Lord. Don't miss tonight's service. Whatever you do, don't miss tonight's service at 5 o'clock. Amen. If you're here, come back. Bring somebody with you. Because God is speaking loud and clear. And he that has an ear to hear, let him hear.
I want to direct your attention this morning to the gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. John chapter 3, and I want to highlight one verse of scripture, then I'm going to speak from that chapter. Verse number 16, verse number 16, John chapter 3, verse 16, one of the most popular verses in the Bible. Matter of fact, it's, it's this verse of scripture that you see at football games and on bumper stickers. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We just sung the song, show me one thing that God cannot do. From this text of scripture, I'm going to show you three things that God cannot do. Don't run out the building here. Don't run out the building. Hold on a second. Three things God cannot do. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we love you. We acknowledge your presence. You say where two or three are gathered in your name, you would be in our midst. And Father, we recognize you are here. You are here among us, Lord. Now we invite you, Father, to speak to every soul in this building. I pray, Lord, that not one person will leave today the same way they came in. Speak to us. Examine us. Challenge us. But most of all, save us. We need you in this hour. And do what only you can do. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone say, in Jesus' name. God bless you and you may be seated. Three things that God cannot do. In the third chapter of the Gospel of St. John, if you open your Bibles there, we'll begin in verse number one. And I'm just going to flow down through the scriptures and glean all the good vitamins and minerals and all the good stuff that's in here because there's a lot of, lot of good stuff in here. And I, I love the Word of God. It's, it's, it's not a book like any other book you could find anywhere in the world. There's no book like this book. It's anointed. What makes the Word of God so different from any other book? It is God-breathed. All scripture, hallelujah, is divinely inspired of God. This is not man's book about God. This is God's book about man. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. So when we open the word of God and we begin to glean from the scriptures, it's more than black ink on white paper. The word of God is spirit. And when you open the word of God, you need to come to God's table hungry. Because ain't nothing like feeding hungry folk. Amen. Is there anybody hungry this morning? Glory to God. And so we approach the word of God and we come hungry and we say, Lord, speak to me. Feed me. Beginning in verse number 1, chapter 3 of St. John, there was a man of the Pharisees. Everyone say Pharisees. Uh, the Pharisees were a very distinct group of religious people in the Bible. They were scholars of the scripture. If a person was a Pharisee, then you automatically knew this person was completely dedicated to serving God. Pharisees were so educational and they were so high up in the religious realm of Israel. They were specialized people in the word of God. A Pharisee was one who committed his whole life to serving God. And such a man came to Jesus. The scripture says he was a Pharisee. His name was Nicodemus. And not only was he a Pharisee, he was a ruler of the Jews. I mean, he was a teacher. <clears throat> he was a teacher. If he walked into this sanctuary wearing his Pharisaical clothes, everyone would turn around and say, hey, guys, we got a special guest this morning. There's a Pharisee among us. 
Many of us would look at him and the way he walked and the way he carried himself, and some of us would automatically assume he is religious, and you would be right, because he was a religious man. But, everyone say but. Everyone say but. But, he was not saved. Say what? How can he be religious and not be saved? I got news for you. It takes more than being religious to be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. He was a religious man. And the Bible says the same came to Jesus under the cover of darkness. He came by night. He said unto Jesus, Rabbi, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher that come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. This religious man was sitting down at the table with Jesus, one of the most controversial figures in that day. The multitudes of people had turned their back on him. The religious world hated him, just like it does today. But Nicodemus said, even though we don't act like we know who you are, we know who you are. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. People may talk about us. They may make fun of us. They may ostracize us. But they know. They know there's something different about this church. They know there's something different about you believers. You don't walk like they walk. You don't talk like they talk. You don't dress the way they dress. You don't worship the way they worship. They know something is different about you and he told that to Nicodemus we know we act like we don't but really we know that you are special we know that you are a man that comes from God because can nobody do me like Jesus nobody can do the things that you do glory hallelujah but in another way you see this happening a lot in the religious world Especially when two ministers sit down and drink coffee and talk to one another. And even more when they just meeting for the first time. You know, preachers got a way of stroking each other's ego. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, man, a guy sat down with a, with a preacher he never met, and he's trying to impress him. Bro, you are awesome, man. I saw you on YouTube, man, preaching. Can't nobody preach the word like you, bro. Oh, man, I heard about you, too. Man, my people got all your CDs, and we watch you, and man, can't nobody take that word and break it up like you. You are really something. And they just transfer ego, amen, back and forth, and they just soaking it all up. That's what preachers do. And Nicodemus thought he could do this with the preacher of preachers. Can't nobody do what you do, Jesus. We know you are special because we know God is with you. That didn't faze Jesus at all. He wasn't there to be complimented. He wasn't there, amen, to be your buddy. He didn't care about all those flowery words. Jesus knew the real deal. He knew why Nicodemus was really there. There was something in his spirit. There was something in his soul. And Jesus went past all of that outward junk and went straight to the heart of the matter. He looked at Nicodemus and he gave him the double amen. Verily, verily. Now you and I know. Every word that Jesus speaks is powerful. Amen. Every word he says we need to give heed to. Amen. But when Jesus gives the double amen, that means what I'm about to say now, you better listen to. Verily, verily, truly, truly, the double amen. Nicodemus, except a man is born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Who is he talking to? A religious man. He was talking to a teacher of the law. You know, you can go to Bible college and still be lost. You can have a TV ministry 
and have millions of followers and still not be saved. Amen. Just because you write a bunch of books in Bible bookstores, that don't mean you're ready for heaven. Except you are born again. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It don't matter what your pedigree is. Except you are born again. You cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Absolutely no exceptions. And he was talking to a Pharisee. Now, as I began to look at that word and absorb that word, that there's things in there I, I, I didn't see. And that's what's so powerful about the word of God. You can't rush it. You can't just read it real fast. You got to slow down and, and take little bites of it. You know, I, I say the word of God is like a good juicy steak. I mean a real steak. An expensive steak. When you go to an expensive steakhouse, you don't gobble your food down. You pay too much money for that steak. So what you do? You sit back and you determine, I'm going to enjoy this meal. I don't know about you, but that's what I do. I pay too, money for this, too much money for this. You get a big juicy steak on your plate, you sit back and you look at it. Mmm, that looks good. You take out your fork and knife and you proceed to cut it to make sure it's cooked just like you wanted it. Mmm, medium rare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> juicy and tender. Man, some folks, man, they get so into that steak they take out their phone and take pictures of it. Hey man, put it all on Facebook. Look where I'm at. Look what I'm eating. Why? Because it's a good steak. Then you cut that bad boy and you put a piece on your fork. You don't gobble it down in your mouth. You get a real close look at it. Because you spend a lot of money for this. You put it in your mouth and mmm. You don't even chew. You just let it sit on your tongue. <laughs> mm. Then you proceed to bite it. Oh, so tender. And then you begin to examine the juices. Those of you that like to cook, you be trying to figure out what are the spices in this thing. You try to taste it and feel the peppers and, and all the garlic and oh, oh man, and you that's called that's really enjoying your meal. Amen. Same way with the Word of God. There are times you're going to have to take the Word of God and just get one little bite and just meditate on it. And that's what I did here in this, in this verse of Scripture. What Jesus said, except you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, things begin to go in my mind and Stuff begin to make sense. Why is it? Why is it that you can talk to people, preach to people, give them the truth of God's word, and they sit there like a deer with their eyes in the blazing light. They just gaze back at you, and you be like, hey, don't you get what I'm saying? Don't you realize what I'm telling you? Today is your day of salvation. The Bible says right now, right now, right now is the accepted time. I know you come to church because somebody brought you to church. Somebody invited you to church. You came to see what was going on. But God got another plan. God's calling your number. God's calling your number right now, today, today. Can't you see it? Can't you see it? And there are folks that just, you know, just glaze at you. There are times when I sat down across the table with a preacher a denominational preacher, been preaching for, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years. Big church. Lots of followers. And I sit down at a table from this preacher, and I say, Pastor, I don't want to win an argument with you. I want to be right. The Bible says that you've got to repent of your sin. You've got to make a change of direction and then be baptized in water. The scripture says that. And when you're baptized in water, you can't just get baptized any old way. It's got to be done according to what's written. 
And the Bible gives us the example. Pastor, look at this verse. Repent, Acts 2.38, and be baptized. Every one of you, I can understand that, in the name of Jesus Christ. And pastor, that includes you. It's for the remission of your sin. And if you would obey God, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is for everyone. And that pastor looks at me with that glaze on his face. Just can't get it. He doesn't see it. Jesus told Nicodemus, except you're born again, you can't see. That's why there's so many blind religious people filling up churches. They go to church week after week. They read books. They do all of this stuff, and they still don't see it. The number one thing that all of us need to be concerned about is what must I do to be saved? That's first. That's number one. Don't waste your time coming to me saying, hey, Brother Easter, is the Antichrist alive? Forget the Antichrist. Get your soul saved first. Folks want to know this mystery. They want to understand that mystery. And I'm saying, wait a minute. What about your soul? Let's get that done first. That's elementary. You can learn the whole book of the Bible, memorize scripture. You can do all that you can do. But except you're born again, you're still going to be in darkness. How about get born again first? Nicodemus, you're committed. You're religious. But except you're born again, son, you're not even going to see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus like, wow, born again? You're telling me I got to be born again? Watch this. Look at this. Verse 4, Nicodemus says unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Surely you must be joking. <laughs> Born again? What's the problem with Nicodemus? He was trying to think with this. See, you can't approach the Bible logically. You can't read the Bible like you read a geography book. You can't read the Bible like you read a science book. It's way deeper than that. The Bible is a spiritual book written by a spiritual God for a spiritual people. You got to approach the Bible prayerfully. Hallelujah. Because if you use your logic, if you use what you call common sense, spiritual things will be foolish to the carnal mind. It don't make sense. I'm reading this and it don't make sense. With God, one plus one plus one equals one. <clears throat> it don't make sense, but it's the truth any way you want to slice it. There's only one Lord. There's only one faith. There's only one gospel. There's only one baptism. There's only one church. There's only one way you can be saved. And there is only one name, one name under heaven. Hallelujah. But folks spend years in Bible cemeteries, I mean Bible uh, seminaries, schools of theology, trying to understand the book of Genesis all the way through to Revelation, and they still can't see. First thing you've got to do is be born again. Submit to that, and everything else will open, except you're born again. You can't see it. Nicodemus couldn't see it. How can a man be born again when he's old? Verse 5, Jesus said, verily, verily. I'm going to say it to it again, Nicodemus. Let me break it down even deeper for you. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. No exceptions. But... 
But they didn't know. No exceptions. But look at all the good things they did. No exceptions. Because let me tell you something. None of us will ever be good enough to make it to heaven. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. We can never by ourselves meet God's holy standards. Hallelujah. You must. Everyone say must. That's no exception. But, but, but I'm a Jehovah Witness. You must be born again. But I'm a Catholic. You must be born again. But I'm a Baptist. You must be born again. When we stand before that pearl gate, God ain't going to look at what denomination you're from. He is not even going to care if you're Pentecostal. He don't care if you're apostolic. Whatever you call yourself, it will not matter. God is looking for one prerequisite. Oh, hallelujah. There's only one thing. So I say one thing. There's only one thing that will get you through those pearly gates. There's only one requirement of all of us that will get us through that pearly gate. Somebody say, what is it, brother? You must. Wait, hold, hold on a second. You must be. Are you ready for this? Perfect. What? Jesus said it. Be ye perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. Come on, Lord. I got to be perfect. You got to be perfect to enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, God, if that's the prerequisite, none of us going to make it. That's right. That's right. All of us in trouble. There's only one that's perfect. And his name is Jesus. Jesus walked among us. God manifested in flesh. Perfect, without sin, without blemish. Hallelujah, nothing against him. He was the perfect man. And when he shed his perfect blood on Calvary's hill, he shed it one time for all time. And the, the only way you and I can be perfect is we've got to be in him. We got to walk in him. We got to talk in him. We got to live in him. We've got to be in him because it is in him that we move and we and have our being. You've got to be in him. Well, how can I get in him? I'm glad you asked that question. The answer is you must be born again. Of the water and of the spirit. He's talking about baptism. When you're baptized in water, it's more than some church tradition. It's more than some ordinance of the church. I had some, some oh, I got to be nice. I got to be nice. I heard some dude say, water baptism is an outward show of an inner this and inner that. I said, ah, oh, show me chapter and verse for that. You hear it all over the place. Water baptism don't save you. Liar! The like figure where the baptism doth also now save us. Jesus said, he that believe and is baptized shall be saved. Or oh, you come too late to spend your religious jargon on me. You've got to be born again. Except you're born again, you ain't going to make it. You're not going to make it. Your mama not going to make it. Your daddy not going to make it. Your pastor not going to make it. There is no exceptions. You must be born again. Of the water and of his spirit. Nicodemus was puzzled. Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That's your first verse, your first birth. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's the second birth. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. You must be born again. See, the wind blows where it wants to go and you can hear the sound Thereof. You can't tell where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. Nicodemus, you need to be born of the water. And you need to be baptized in the Spirit. See, when the Spirit of God comes on you, you know. You don't know where the Spirit's coming from. You don't know where it's going next. But when the Spirit of God shows up, 
you can hear the sound. There's a sound that comes with the Spirit. When somebody is filled with the Holy Ghost, how do you know they got the Holy Ghost? There's a sound. There's a sound. The Bible says, for they knew they were filled with the Spirit, for they heard them speak in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Listen, if you've never spoken tongues in your life, friend, you got an experience coming. Hallelujah. This is for everybody. So is everyone. Everyone that is born of the Spirit, you're going to have a sound that comes with it. The religious world denounces it. The religious world ignores it. The religious world tells you something different. Oh, you got the Holy Ghost. You got the Holy Ghost. Soon as you believe you got the Holy Ghost, where is that in the Bible? How do you know you got the Holy Ghost? Well, I fell out. You fell out when you were drunk in the bar. That's no sign you got the Holy Ghost. How do you know you got the Holy Ghost? Well, my, my pastor told me, and he's a doctor of theology, you better go more on what your pastor say. You better go according to what it is written. Hallelujah. In the word of God, there came a sound. There came a sound. Hallelujah. Blessed are the people that know that joyful sound. Do I have any tongue talkers in the building? Do I have any Holy Ghost people in the building? Glory to God. This thing is real. This thing is real. And it's for you. Hallelujah. Nicodemus trying to figure this all out. Verse number nine. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? He still didn't get it. <clears throat> Why? Because he had not yet determined he was going to be obedient. You can sit there service after service, Sunday after Sunday, and sit there with your arms crossed and your brow all furred up, trying your best to understand it first. And you're going to sit there till Jesus come. Trying to understand it with your carnal mind. Trying to, trying to put it all together logically. It don't fit logically. The word of God is a mystery. The word of God is a puzzle. The word of God is a hidden treasure. It's not meant for you to just open up and understand everything. No matter how smart you are. You must be obedient. Do what it says. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. What about you today, my friend? Are you ready to obey the word of God? Or you just want to hear another good sermon? He that believeth. I want to, I want to understand it first, Brother Easter. I got to study this out a little bit more. You can study till your hair gets bald. You can study until time runs out. It ain't going to help you one bit unless you obey. I see what you mean, brother. I like what you're saying. But I got to Google this. I got to go home and do some research. I want to understand this before I do it. Because I got to understand before I believe. Oh, no, you don't. You got to understand everything before you believe it? Okay. Then you better not turn on another light switch on until you can tell me how that thing works. You got to understand. Flip the light switch. Explain to me how that current goes through the wires and hit that pole and hit over here and do all that before you turn another switch. No, you don't have to understand it. You just believe that when you flip the switch, the light coming on. You got to understand it first. Don't you dare get in the car and start it up again until you can explain to me how the engine works. You don't understand how that stuff works. You just believe that when you crank it, it's going to go. <laughs> Hallelujah. All God is requiring is that you believe. Believe it. Believe it. Obey it. Do it. And you believe not, you shall be damned. God lays it right out in front of you. It don't matter how high up you are, how low you might be, or where you come from. This is for everybody. You either believe or you don't believe. You're either going to obey or you're not going to obey. You're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to the lake of fire. Your choice. Yeah. 
And he was talking to a religious man, someone you would expect to already be saved. It takes more than being religious. It takes more than throwing your hand up and saying hallelujah at the right time. It takes more than putting money in the offering. It takes more than dressing up for the part. You have to obey the word of God. Amen? Let's skip a few verses, if you will, and let's go to verse number 16. For God so loved the world. Many of you know that memory, know that verse by memory. Some of you can quote it easy. You already know it. So from a child, some of you know that verse. But I was reading this verse one time, man, and it just jumped out at me. Three things that God cannot do. The almighty, omnipotent God can't do. Verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Number one. Number one. God cannot. Are you ready for this? He can't love you any more than what he loves you. For God so loved the world. Hallelujah. He doesn't just love you. He so loves you. God's love for you would blow your mind if you ever caught a glimpse of how deep his love is, how massive his love is. Paul said, I pray for the church that you would understand the width and the depth of the love of God. If we can get a grip how much you mean to him, it'll change the way you worship. It'll change the way you pray. It'll change the way you look at life. God loves me. <coughs> and he can't love you anymore than what he loves you because when God loves you he so loves you see the, God's love is nothing we can compare it to there's, there's no human being on this earth that could ever love you the way God loves you his love is beyond our comprehension we can't wrap our minds around the love of God the apostle said, for a righteous man, one perhaps would give his life. But God so loved us, and yet while we were sinners, while we were filthy, yeah. dirty, cursing, profane, turn our backs on him, didn't want nothing to do with him in spite of all of that. That couldn't stop his love. You run from God. He came after you. Hallelujah. You hid from God. He came after you. You didn't want to know who he was, but he didn't thank God. He didn't give up on you. He didn't give up on you. You turned your back on him, but he never turned his back on you. He said, you didn't choose me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Yes, hard-headed you, rebellious you, knuckle-headed you. Y'all better be glad I'm not God. I'll tell you what, boy, if I was God, y'all be in trouble. I mean, you just got three chances to mess up with me, and I'll write you off. I'm done. But who is rich in mercy, rich in his grace. Hallelujah. He keeps reaching. He keeps touching. He keeps blessing in spite of yourself. You don't want to praise him. He loves you anyway. You don't want to trust him. He's going to love you anyway. There's nothing that can stop his love. He loved him even to the end. Souls crackling, burning in hell, but God still loves them. He so loves you. He can't love you anymore. He don't love you no more than he loved Abraham. He don't love you no more than he loved David. He don't love you any more than what he loved Moses or Ruth. There's no, there's no, no, no special treatment when it comes to God. No partiality. He loves you the same as he loved his son on the cross. That's how special you are to him. 
He can't. Somebody say, he can't. Can't love you anymore. And what he already loves you. What if God will give you a revelation of how much you mean to him? That's number one. The second thing God can't do. For God so loved the world. Somebody help me out. You know the verse. Read it. For God. Stop, stop right there. That's the second thing he can't do. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That means God cannot give you any more than what he's already given. He gave his only. He gave his only begotten son. There's not going to come another one. He gave you his best. And folks sitting around, is, is this all there is to it? Is this it? Man, I, I mean, we're serving an almighty, omnipotent, omniscient God. He's, he has all power in heaven and earth, and, and this is it? What are you looking for? See, we're so, we're so uh, sensationalized. We, we love sensationalism. We love drama. What is the world out there waiting for to come here? Oh, man, if something sensational happened, we couldn't find room for people. If an angel appears, Gabriel in all of his glory, well, most of y'all run out the building, first of all. But if Gabriel showed up right here in all of his glory and the word got out, we couldn't find room to put people. If folks were jumping out of wheelchairs and, and walking and all these great, incredible miracles, the same thing happened with Jesus. You had, there'd be no room for the press. Sensationalism. The world is hungry. People are hungry to see something that'll tantalize their senses. But God says the only thing you need to tantalize your senses is my word. And if you can't get excited over the word, God, don't ever let me get callous with the word. I want the word to excite me. I want the word to inspire me. I want, the, I want to be hungry for his word. For heaven and earth will pass away, but his word, it will never pass away. There's power in the word. There's deliverance in his word. Hallelujah. His word. Is that all there is to it? Just a preacher? I didn't choose this. If it was up to me, I probably would want something sensational that'll make y'all hoop and holler and twirl around. But God said, no, I'm not going to do that. No, sir, I'm not going to do that. I choose the foolishness of preaching. To save anyone that would believe. I would have chosen another way. I would have chosen something stupendous. But God said, no, I choose preaching. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. And they that receive it are the ones that's going to get it. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, it's not going to get no better than this. It's not going to be more demonstrative than this. He has already given all that he has. He's given you his best. And he cannot, he can't give you anymore. He gave his best. So what are you going to do with it? Just sit there and wait for more? There is no more. This is it. And the third thing God cannot do. Number one, he can't love you any more than what he loves you. Number two, he can't give you any more than what he's already given. And number three, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son to whosoever believeth in him should not perish. The third thing, whosoever believeth, God cannot make it any easier for you to be saved. He wants you saved more than you want to be saved. He wants you in the kingdom. He wants you to live the life he created you for. He got treasures on every hand, pleasures on that side. He got some things ready for you. 
It can't make it no easier. But we say, is that all it takes to be saved? All it takes is for you to be born again of the water. And you don't have to go 50 miles to the river. The water's right there. That's pretty easy, don't you think? <laughs> That's pretty easy. We don't have baptismal Sunday every six months. Baptismal Sunday in six months, get ready. We don't do that. We have baptismal Sunday every Sunday. We got baptismal Tuesday, baptismal Wednesday, baptismal Thursday. Whenever you're ready to be baptized, we are ready to put you in the water. If you're ready today, we're ready to put you in the water. Glory to God. 15 minutes is probably about all it'll take to get you ready. 15 minutes. You make up your mind today. I'm going to be obedient. Well, Brother Easter, I didn't bring any clothes with me. You don't have to worry about that. We provide baptismal gowns, one size fit all. We ready. We got you covered. It's easy. It's easy to be born again. All you have to do is have a made up mind. Make a change. Make a decision right now. I'm not going to give another second to the devil. I'm not going to give him another moment of my life right now. God, I see it in your word. I'm going to get born again the way the Bible says. I made up my mind. That's repentance. That's a change of direction. That's an acknowledgement of your sin. And you can do that. Everybody in here can make a decision like that. None of you can find that too hard. You can do that. But that old devil will get in your ear and give you every kind of excuse not to do it. Come on now. You weren't expecting this. You didn't come to church for this. You didn't come to church for this. What do you come to church for? I'm not ready yet. That's the biggest lie ever came out of hell. Amen. What you mean you're not ready yet? You're not ready yet for peace? You're not ready yet for joy? You're not ready yet for the promise of eternal life. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. Hallelujah. You just have no idea. This is what you've been looking for. This is what you've been praying about. This is what you've been desiring. And it's here. And it's easy. Just get in the water. Because it's in the water that the miracle takes place. When that preacher puts you in that water and you've asked God for forgiveness and you're going to follow him. When that man of God puts you in that water and he says, I baptize you in the name, in the name. Hallelujah. The name is important. The name of the Father, the name of the Son, the name of the Holy Ghost. Anybody here know what that name is? That name is Jesus. And when he puts you down in that water, in the name of Jesus, the blood comes to the water. The Spirit comes to the water. These three agree in one. And when you rise up out of that water you're a new creature walking in the newness of life this is what you want this is what you desire and it's easy and God can't make it no easier because this is for whosoever believeth three things he can't do number one somebody help me what is number one <clears throat> He can't love you anymore than what he loves you. Number two, he can't give you anymore than what he's already given. Number three, he can't make it no easier because he wants you to be saved. Would you stand with me? As we are standing, let me finish out the rest of the verse. Listen closely. Friends, guests, visitors, Reckon in your heart, are you saved? Have you been born again of the water and the spirit? Have you been baptized correctly? Have you received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? You know the answer. Jesus said, beginning at verse 18 down to verse 21, listen closely what the Lord said. He that believeth on him is not condemned you're not condemned if you obey him because you can't believe and not obey but he that believeth not 
Him that refuses to obey, he is condemned already. Because he have not believed in the name. You got to believe in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the condemnation. This is what's going to get you in trouble. Light is come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hates the light. And you sit there and say, uh-uh, not me. I, I, I don't hate the light. Jesus said, you do. Neither comes to the light. Some of you already going through your mind. I know what that preacher getting ready to do. He going to ask me to come forward and surrender my life and get baptized in Jesus' name and see the Holy Ghost. I know that's what he getting ready to do. And that's right. That's what I'm getting ready to do. And you are already feeling a little bit uncomfortable because... I don't like that kind of pressure. I don't like nobody pressuring me to do something. But see, the devil pressures you every day. I only get this one moment. So I'm putting the pressure on you. And some of you saying, well, it don't matter what that preacher say. I'm, just, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not going up there. I, I need more time. But time is not promised to you. There are people that close their eyes today. And went into eternity. God has given you a chance. Neither comes to the light. Lest his deeds should be reproved. Lest the sins you love. May be forgiven. And conquered. In verse 21. But he that. Doeth. Truth. See, truth is more than something that you believe. Truth is something you do. But he that doeth truth, what does he do, Lord? He comes to the light. That his deeds may be manifest, that they may be wrought, that they may be covered, that they may be forgiven in God. So you're going to do one or two things. You're either going to come or you're going to choose to stay in darkness in spite his love. Despite his gift. Despite how easy it is. I plead with you today. God knew you'd be here. He wants you. Would you bow your heads with me? Oh, Lord, help us to be sensitive to your spirit with the signs of the times all around us. Fires and earthquakes, violence, the heat, floods, everything you said that would be happening it's happening, Lord. More and more people are turning away from you. I don't want to be like them. I choose to believe. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all the years I've wasted. And I'm sorry for all the things I've done. I'm sorry for even the thoughts that I've entertained. I don't want to be that person no more. You've spoken to me today. I want to see the kingdom. I want to enter the kingdom. I want to be born again according to what's written. I've got to be baptized in your name for whosoever call on your name shall be saved. And I, I'm not baptized in your name. In fact, Lord, I'm not sure about any of this, but I can be sure today. Lord, I want to thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Today's the day. I choose you. I want you. I want to be saved, not just be religious. I love you.
in the name of Jesus I come to you right now sister you want to be born again would you come to the front of the church brother would you come sir God's calling you would you step out of your way and come how about you grandma God loves you would you love him enough to step out in front of a crowd of people the way he was hung on a cross in front of a crowd of people if you're ashamed of him he said I'll be ashamed of you today's the day whosoever will would you step out and make sure of your salvation today I want to be sure Acts chapter 2 verse 38 and Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and this promise is to you and is to your children and all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call and with many other words that he exhort telling the people save yourself sister save yourself brother save yourself don't be satisfied with just going to church service after service and you're not saved get saved today get saved today in the name of Jesus is there not one Is there not two? Is there not three? Is there not four? Come to the light. Come out of darkness. Come to the light. Today is your day. If you know somebody that needs to be saved, I want to invite you to come and join us around the front. Let's bring that soul in prayer to the Lord. God, save my mom. Lord, save my daddy. Would you come and pray? Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your co-workers. Pray for the lady that lives across the street. My God, they got to be saved. Be saved, you gotta be saved. He can't love you anymore, He can't give you anymore, He can't make it no easier. Will you intercede for your family? Will you intercede for your husband, your wife? Will you intercede for your relatives? I don't want nobody to be lost. touch my cousins open their understanding help them to see the truth Lord I pray for my old friends they need you 60 years of living in the darkness open their eyes save them today will you obey him he's looking for obedience for obedience sir you've waited long enough now is the accepted time today is your day we're praying for you we're ready to baptize you we're ready to celebrate new life and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost if you have the Holy Ghost right now I want you to yield your tongue to the Spirit let the Holy Ghost speak through you. God is going to help you in your infirmity. He's going to help you in your weakness. He knows what you ought to be praying for right now. Will you pray in the Spirit? Will you pray in the Spirit right now? Let God pray through you. 
in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.